February 6. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you supply all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And right now we ask you, Lord God, for the, our word, for your word to permeate our minds and our souls and our hearts, Lord, and our spirits. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your wisdom, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you answer our prayers. We ask you to be in the midst of us, Lord, as we read your word today, February the 6th. Amen. All right, Exodus 23, 14 to 25, 40. Okay. Each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. The bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. No one may appear before me without an offering. Second, celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest. At the end of the harvest season, when you have harvested all the crops from your fields, all these three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord. You must not offer the blood of my sacrifice offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast, and do not leave the fat from the festival offerings until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, so you may live there. And I will destroy them completely. You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. And I will give you long, full, full lives. I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hebrides, Canaanites, and Hedites. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. And I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea 
to the Mediterranean Sea and from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates rivers. I will hand over to you the people now living in the land and you will drive them out ahead of you. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught in the trap of idolatry. Then the Lord instructed Moses, Come up here to me and bring along Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of Israel's elders. All of you must worship from a distance. Only Moses is allowed to come near to the Lord. The offers must not come near, and none of the other people are allowed to climb up the mountain with him. Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all these instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. All the people answered with one voice, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. Then Moses carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions. Early the next morning, Moses got up and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. He also set up twelve pillars, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent some of the young Israelite men to present burnt offerings and to sacrifice bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses drained half the blood from the animals into basins. The other half he splattered against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it out loud to the people. Again they all responded, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and spread it over the people, declaring it, Look, his blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made you in giving you these instructions. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. There they saw the God of Israel under his feet. There seems to be the surface of brilliant blue lapsi lasso as clear as the sky itself. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. Wow. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and commands so you can teach the people. So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out, and Moses climbed up the mountain of God. Moses told the elders, Stay here and wait for us until we come back. Aaron and Hur are here with you. If, if anyone has a dispute while I am gone, consult with them. Then Moses climbed up the mountains, and the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from the inside the cloud. To the Israelites at the foot of the mountain, the glory of the Lord appeared at the summit like a consuming fire. Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed higher up the mountain. He remained on the mountain forty days and forty nights. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept the contributions from all those whose hearts are moved to offer them. Here is the list of sacred offerings you may accept from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Fine linen and goat hair for cloth. 
tan ram skins and fine goat skins leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stone and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and in the great chest piece. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern. I will show you. Have the people make an ark of acacia wood and sacred chest 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, and 27 inches high. Overlay its inside and outside with pure gold and run a molding of gold all around it. Cast four gold rings and attach them to its four feet. Two rings on each side make poles from acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. These carrying poles must stay inside the rings, never remove them. When the ark is finished, place inside it the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, which I will give to you. Then make the arch cover the place of atonement from pure gold. It must be 45 inches long and 27 inches wide. Then make two cherubim from hammered gold and place them on the two ends of the atonement cover. Mold the cherubim on each side of the atonement cover, making it all one piece of gold. The cherubim will face each other and look down on the atonement cover. With their wings spread above it, they will protect it. Place inside the ark the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, which I will give to you. Then put the atonement cover on top of the ark. I will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hoover over the ark of the covenant. From there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. Then make a table of acacia wood, 36 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 27 inches high. Overlay it with pure gold and run a gold molding around the edge. Decorate it with a 3-inch border all around and run a gold molding along the border. Make four gold rings for the table and attach them at the four corners next to the four legs. Attach the rings near the border to hold the poles that are used to carry the table. Make those poles from acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Make special containers of pure gold for the table, bowls, pans, pitchers, and jars to be used in pouring out liquid offerings. Place the bread of the presence of the tablet to remain on the table to remain before me at all times. Make a lamp stamp of pure hammered gold. Make the entire lamp stamp and its decorations as one piece. The base, center stem, lamp, cups, buds, and petals. Make it with six branches going out from the center stem, three on each side. Each of the six branches will have three lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. Craft the center stem of the lamp stamp with four lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms, complete with bud, bud and petals. There will also be an almond bud 
beneath each pair of branches where the six branches extend from the center stem. The almond buds and branches must all be of one piece with the center stem, and they must be hammered from pure gold. Then make the seven lamps of the lamp stamp and set them so they reflect their light forward. The lamp stuffers and trays must also be made of pure gold. You will need 75 pounds of pure gold for the lamp stamps and its accessories. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. Amen. Pass. Amen. Pass. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 24, 29 to 51. Immediately at the ang- after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky. And the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last at the sign of the Son of Man is coming. No. And then at last... <coughs> The sun, the sign that the Son of Man is coming, will appear in the heavens. And then there will be deep mourning among the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming from the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now, learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that the summer is near. In that same way, when you see all these things, you can know His return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in the heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying their banquets and parties, weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you... Two must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he wouldn't keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. 
A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be back for a while? And he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected. And he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. Hypocrites. <laughs> In that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Psalm 30 verses 1 to 12. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment. But his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, What will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my death praise you? Can I, can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. Amen. And you have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed clothe me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Proverbs 7, 24-27 So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away from her, toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many, have, many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and read uh, Matthew 24, mm -hmm. 45 to 47. It says, <clears throat> A faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give it a responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Amen. I, I tell you the truth, the master will put the servant in charge of all he owns. Okay, what have you been entrusted with? What responsibilities have you been given? Sometimes our work can seem mundane and beneath us. 
Other times it takes tasks may seem difficult and burdensome. Most of the time what we have to do will involve others. Whether the job is stressful, tedious, or fulfilling, working at it faithfully is a key aspect of doing it well. Treating everyone with hope and love should always be a top priority. Then the Lord returns, will you be working diligently or wasting time? Jesus asks us to spend our time caring for his people and working for his kingdom, both inside the church and beyond its walls. The work we do shapes us too. Working diligent, we may find our hearts prepared for his return. You know, the first thing amazing as I read this, it just reminds me how much responsibility we carry in our job, you know, holding every, you know, holding morality, holding laughter, holding forgiveness, holding, mm. you know, just the fact is that trying to be, you know, when you get a lot of people in a in a job that pays good money, you know, they're all, they're always jealousy, greed, and and uh, gossip, and and you have to hold. What is the a good neutral? I mean, you can't even be neutral. You know, um, what I'm talking about is sometimes you're in in uh, break rooms and you can't get away from the uh, negativity, negativity, the gossip. You know, I was just thinking about how negativity used to be in the in the great in the uh, break room. But nevertheless, I remember when I was a mechanic too. There was so much neg- negativity in in the lunchroom. I would go outside and eat on top of the. Uh, the trucks eat my lunch and read my book and have a daily, you know, meditation because it was peaceful. These guys were just knocking everything the company was doing, you know, and it was just, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, in today's teaching that we listened to with Joseph, for instance, he talked about when you serve, there's a reward. You know, there's a reward in service. And... That's good. Amen. We'll take the reward. We say yes and amen. Lord Jesus Christ has given us uh, his victory. Amen. And with that victory, we have power to uh, accept things and go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, Most asked questions. What is the purpose of the tabernacle? The tabernacle shows us in a tangible way what is required to enter God's presence. The altar shows that the sin must be removed through a sacrificial death. The wash basin shows that fellowship with God demands removing uncleanness, anything that conflicts with God's ethical perfection. In the holy place, the lampstand and the table show that we must walk in God's light and rely on Him to provide for our needs. I like that. The, we must rely on God to provide for our needs. The instant altar represents prayer, and the constantly rising instant reminds us that the, those who are forgiven and washed, who are walking in His light and are relying constantly on Him, have unlimited access to Him. The curtain between the holy place and the most holy place reminds us that the Almighty, the most holy God who in, invites us, into fellowship cannot be approached casually. Behind the, the curtain 
there is no idol but the glorious Ark of the Covenant, over which God's glory appeared, symbolizes his enthronement as Israel's king. The centrality of the Ark reflects God's central purpose for his people, a covenant relationship with the living God. Our new covenant relationship with God is made possible by Jesus' perfect sacrifice for sins on his and his ministry as our high priest before God. Hebrews 9.10 He has fulfilled the requirements that are illustrated by the ancient tabernacle. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Amen to Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Exodus 25 These chapters of Exodus can seem tedious and mundane to modern readers, especially after the place. The Red Sea, the Ten Commandments, chapter 25 through 31, records God's directions for building the tabernacle. Chapter 20, 35 through 39 tells how these instructions were carried out. But what do these details show us? The tabernacle served as God's dwelling on earth. The instructions prepare the tabernacle to receive God's presence among His people. As people of God, we seek to create a holy space for God's presence among us and in our lives. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, 6, 19 to 20. As you read the second half of Exodus, consider how the tabernacle instructions might shape our own preparations. God's greatness and transcendence are worthy of a tabernacle filled with high-quality, precious materials. God's perfection sets him apart the the way the most holy place is separated by a curtain from the common and unclean. The tabernacle's portability serves God's desire to be with his people as they travel, and the tabernacle itself is furnished, and the service performed there illustrates the atonement that will one day come through the very embodiment of God with it is with us, Jesus Christ. Amen. I like this passage which says, You must serve the Lord, serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will in turn bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. I will give you long, full lives. Amen. This is what the Lord is saying. I will send terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hevias, Canaanites, Jezebites, and every other bite. Hmm. My angel will go before you and bring you into the land. So our worship, we worship and praise the Lord King Jesus. We thank Him for His victory over the Lamb. We thank Him that the Father desires to take care of us. We thank Him that He has a covenant with us, that He, he is, you know, and all we can do is receive the covenant and praise Him, that He wants to bless us and bless our food, our water. Thank you, Lord. We praise You. We thank You, Jesus Christ. Thank You for the victory that's over our head. Lord, we thank you that you keep your promise and you do according to your covenant relationship with us, Lord. Thank you for fulfilling 
all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. Wow.